Hello, and welcome back to the Truth of My Youth podcast. This is episode 11. I thank you for listening. Um, I talked with Dr. Joey Trujillo, um, who was a friend that I went to high school with and a little bit of community college with. Um, and he is now uh, a resident at emergency room in back in Brooklyn. Um, I initially wanted to chat with him to kind of see what life was like for him back in March and April when COVID was really taking off, um, especially kind of in ground zero uh, in New York. Um, so we, we definitely discussed that. Um, we talk about different challenges of his job. Um, we talk about his expectations as a resident, if they were, you know, what he expected or if it was different. Um, we talk about mental health, we talk about misconceptions, and then we kind of wrap it up with um, his life there in Brooklyn and, um, you know, what he likes to do with his wife. Alyssa. So um, I think it was a very informative episode. I really enjoy talking to him and picking his brain. He's very open uh, and honest, which I definitely appreciate. And um, he does mention he will soon or, or him and his wife will soon be coming back to California. And I think um, us Californians are lucky to have him back. Um, hopefully you don't have to see him <laughs> in the emergency room. But if you do, uh, you'll be in great hands. Um, so I think that's about it for the intro. Um, once again, I thank you for tuning into these things. They're super fun and I appreciate Joey's time and chatting with me. And here is my conversation with Dr. Joey Trujillo. Joey. Can you hear me? Okay. What's up, man? Yeah. Hey, good. I, I accidentally got was setting up my, I was actually setting up my own podcast on accident. I, I, did it. I joined in correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Has that happened this? to you before? Uh, well, nobody's ever admitted that to me before. No. Yeah. I'm <laughs> my own. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're live, and um, like I said, um, when we just talked a little bit ago, I'm outside of a Starbucks, um, uh, getting on their Wi-Fi because it's just too hard to do it. Like with a like a young child at home, like yeah, to try to sneak away at his age, it's like I can't just sneak in the bedroom. Like he's like, oh, what's going on in there? That kind Thank of thing. You. So uh, this That's seems cool. to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, funny. It's like a mobile podcast is what I'm kind of doing. I'm fine right with now. that. That's cool. <laughs> if it's not working, then we could always troubleshoot it. Yeah, we'll, again later. we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. But um, I actually came here before to work during the day. Like, I actually had my laptop in my car. This was, like, a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago that, you know, Starbucks is kind of open now, but not really. Um, mm -hmm. But I was able to, like, get on Wi-Fi just from sitting in my car. So I, I was thinking, okay, this will probably work if I just get it on on my phone. So Yeah, I can hear you fine. It cool. good to me. Good, good. Well, you can hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine, man. You're good. Okay. You're good. Um. Thanks for doing this. This is uh, uh, episode 11 of the Truth of My Youth podcast. And um, you are uh, Dr. J Joey Trujillo. <laughs> yeah. Doctor. Uh, how uh, I have a, I, I've kind of tried to prepare more, like actually writing things down more so than I normally do. Um, just because I have a lot of questions and I, a lot of times I try to just go off off the top of my head and but i feel like i'd probably forget a bunch of things so um i my thought around this was maybe to kind of um start from the beginning or like early on um i guess how did you know um maybe maybe just talk to a little bit about yourself like an introduction as well but how did you know yeah. you wanted to become a doctor like when when did that happen for you yeah um well, first, I'm I'm happy to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in forever, so it's nice hearing your voice when you called me. Um, it's just cool, cool that you're doing the podcast too. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Um, I am so just a little bit right now. Just today, um, I always get a chance to reflect on on like how far I've come. Recently, I like I passed this big medical exam. Awesome. It's, it's like the last of my um, United States licensing exams. So I can apply now, get my medical license in um, whatever it, state I want. So I don't want to get my medical license exam right now here in New York, just because it's, it's not 
really even worth my time. I just want to get it in California because I plan on moving back. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I just want to start off with that. It's really cool. Things are. I'm at the end of the. I'm at the end of the. the Your residency, the, right? Is that? Is yeah, that... I'm at the end of residency, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Heck yeah, dude. But and um, I didn't always grow up like wanting to be a doctor. You know how I was. You saw me. We like we like grew up <laughs> well, together for quite. A... Yeah, I mean, having said that, before you get too far, I did make a note because I think we did share a class or two at least at Merced College. Um, mm-hmm. and I remember us being in like a chemistry or biology, I think it was my, maybe biology. This might've been our, our first year, but I remember you being very, very proficient in that took it very serious, seriously. You knew what you were doing. Like, and so I kind of noticed that early on, not that I thought you were going to be a doctor per se, but I was like, man, he gets it. Like he's, he's a, you were a smart kid. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me. And you know, that. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I yeah. definitely, I definitely did change. So like in high school, I think one, I just didn't have a lot of direction. Most kids don't. Yeah. It's hard to put a lot of pressure on kids and like label them and people do. And do you ever, do you follow, um, there's a guy on Instagram I follow. He's really g- great on just like figuring life out, like not putting so much stress on yourself and figuring life out. Um, I'm forgetting his name. It'll come to me towards the end of this, but I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't care. I like to goof off a lot. I still like to goof off a lot. I don't take things seriously. I still don't take things seriously. (laughs) Um, um, I think that's what, like, people like working with me, even in the hospitals, because I try not to uh, take things too hard, because we can't uh, all all day, every day. It's going to wear you out um, as a doctor, as a future doctor. Uh, But, yeah, like, in high school – easily distracted i was actually probably bored in high school i loved going to high school because you know school was like fun we hung out with everybody we had our best friends um you know i still miss a lot of people that we went to high school with like people we weren't even like close to even people i wasn't close to but i see like people on uh instagram like joey he was so funny in high school yeah and i saw like i had some good times in high school like I remember who, like, you know, I haven't got a chance to listen to your, your podcast, but like Logan Wien. Yeah. There was like a big, I feel like, um, I don't know how it is now, obviously, but I feel like there was definitely like, you know, kind of clicks and stuff, but I feel like there was more meshing, you know, like you, you didn't just have to be in one, Right. you know, I was I kind of into music and to skateboarding and stuff, but I still would like see, you know the popular kids or whatever you want to call it. And it was kind of more, you know, things meshed together. At least that's my perspective. I don't know. But yeah, um, there were definitely people who like crossed over. Yeah. I mean, Steven Sanders was really fun because yeah, Sanders was like a skateboarder, but that guy could throw a baseball so hard. Yeah. I remember playing catch with him. Like, yeah, there was definitely a lot of meshing. Um, But, you know, I guess, you know, during high school, high school, you just goof off. I was just a teenage kid. My, parents did not go to college or university and um my mom uh she it was coming like towards the end of high school and she's like you know a lot of your friends are going away to universities and a lot of them will have bright futures she's like you don't know what your future is going to be like and I won't always be around that's kind of the conversation she had of me bluntly my mom was always really blunt so when I started to go to Merced College, she's like, you know, this is a good chance for you to use your education. Um, that it, because my mom didn't make a lot of money, my education, for the most part, up until I got to medical school was free. Um, because, you know, my mom didn't make a certain amount of right. money yep. per year. And so she, you know, I definitely took advantage of it. I When I got to, when I started Everything after high school is like I did. I tried to do as well as I could. I got scholarships. I got grants, and I made the best of that and just rolled with it. Um, I wanted to go into the to the Merced College um, nursing program, but you know, I met friend. I met a group of friends um, through just like being on campus so much and like becoming involved with um, just like you know meeting other people in our classes and, and other like group studies and stuff. Um, they're like, why don't you go to university? And some of them were going to UC Davis. And I was like, I have, 
a really good friend, like my best friend out there at UC Davis and like Thomas yeah. Cox would like encourage me to come out. I remember I was, I would go out and I visited Davis, I think at least twice when he was there. And I love that town. Like it was beautiful. Great. I went there during high school and um, Adam Bennett took me. And at that time we were just going to visit his, um, uh, what was his name? It's uh, Josh McNeely. Yeah. Yeah. And all oh, the town was so much fun. Like I remember we hung out and obviously we were partying and um and then i went again uh in to go visit thomas and uh when i moved out to uc davis when i finally transferred i was like you know what i'm gonna get my i was gonna get my bachelor's uh, but as i was moving through i decided with just experience i was volunteering at uc davis um emergency room and i was also working at this homeless shelter um, I was actually staying the night at this homeless shelter with a lot of uh, uh, guys who were, it was kind of like a halfway house. Okay. Um, and I stood the night there like once a week on the weekends. And um, I just decided like, you know what? I, I want one. I just was like, I'm going to go all in. I want to apply to medical school. And I did, you know, I, I did so much. I got so involved. There were experiences in the emergency room. Um, that I thought, you know what, I could do this. Um, but there wasn't a moment, I think, where I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. It was kind of brewing all along. I, get, I think after a year, probably I got to UC Davis. Um, then I started like really gunning and trying to uh, make myself like uh, competitive to get yeah. to medical school. Yeah, Davis is great. We love going. I don't know if you know, but Vanessa went to Davis as well. I remember she later, was messaging me. Later in life, yeah. I mean, she went, Ava was already like two years old. I think I think she may have, uh, well, Ava turned like one, and then she got in to go to Davis. So, um, uh, I don't know how Vanessa did it, going to school and ha- being a mom. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> or how you guys did it, because yeah. like she was full time. She pretty she's... much, I mean, she's done with it, um, the schooling part. Um but yeah, she pretty much like when Ava turned one, she went to Davis and she pretty much went, kept on going, you know, um, and Ava's eight years old now. So it's been about like six or seven years of, you yeah, know, grad school yeah. and, um, you know, her doctorate program and stuff like that. So congratulations to Vanessa. Dr. Yeah. And she's, Nicholson. she's working at an emergency room as well. I don't know if you know that. Wow. And, uh, and, um, I don't. in Roseville at Sutter, Sutter, the, uh, Sutter Roseville. And um, she's so, probably in really high demand. Yeah, because she's doing yeah, she's doing like you know she's like uh, it's like her postdoc, um, uh-huh. and it's like a year long thing that she's doing there. She just started there maybe a month ago, and wow. um, yeah, she's just um, yeah, it's Doctor Vanessa Nicholson. Wild to see, <laughs> dude, um, so awesome. I'm happy for you guys. Yeah. I'm really proud of her because six years is six seven so let's just say it was seven years she like that's a big that's a big um sacrifice you know yeah to i don't know a lot lot. of people who yeah i don't know a lot of people who would do that um you know be at school that that long because it it's just a long time especially when you have kids and you guys have it what how many kids two two now oliver and 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 ava yeah so cute yeah um, well, tell her I said congratulations. Yeah, I definitely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, we're kind of in that. I'm going to kind of keep it there while, while we're sort of in that. Since Vanessa's psychologist, kind of mental health. Um, are you seeing a lot of mental health stuff there? Here at, at your hospital? Here in Brooklyn? Or Brooklyn, yeah. There's, or I, I should say a rise, like a spike. A, more than normal or not really since since covid and stuff you know so the the hospital i spend i'm a resident at suny downstate that's s-u-n-y as in state university of new york okay and that is like in that we are the academic hospital of brooklyn where you know it's more of the we are like the main teaching hospital in um or for training hospital um and we're also we have a big county hospital, which is called Kings County. I work at SUNY Downstate. There's another hospital we rotate on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, which is the only hospital I work at in Manhattan. 
It's called the Memorial Sloan Kettering. And then there's another one in South Brooklyn called, uh, it's a V8. Okay. Um, anyways, but in the heart of Brooklyn, the neighboring, my neighboring SUNY Downstate Health Science Medical Center and then the Kings County, they are right across from each other. And um, Kings County sees a lot of uninsured, undocumented, and a lot of patients who just get dropped off the doorstep that are homeless. Or, um, and so we see what you would, you know, for lack of a better word, the worst of the, the worst of the worst. Sure. Um, and those patients in general, I have, you know, I would say we hold on to our patients who are admitted onto the floor because for psychiatric issues like suicidal um, ideation, like they're having suicidal thoughts, suicidal, um, you know, their homicidal um, thoughts where they're thinking of hurting someone else. Um, I think now uh, more than before I remember, so I haven't had a chance to really reflect on it before we're, we're talking about right, this. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot more people with, mental health needs than med- other medical needs. Not saying that mental health is not a medical need. I'm just saying like other things that I'm used to because I'm training in internal medicine and I'm not used to, we're, con- we're constantly consulting behavioral health. Yeah. We're consulting psychiatry, psychology. Yep. We're consulting social workers to help us out with patients who have, because I'm not. That's not you. That's not you. Yeah, that's, that's not, not you. Not right. me entirely, right. but I have to be able to, um, I have to be able to assess, evaluate, diagnose it, and then also get the help from people who are trained or more thoroughly trained in that area to help them. Um, so they do have a medical need, just not the one that I'm able to provide for them yeah. through our service, but they share the same area as with, uh, with, um, with, uh, with our other um, patients who need it. Sure. Um, we have a whole nother building too, um, but people who have medical needs and uh, mental health needs they end up getting put onto our floor until they get their medical needs taken care of. Then they get transferred to a whole different building. Uh, but the, I believe that there, you know, there has been more, there have been more patients on our floor with mental health God, issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. With COVID um, and medical issues, but yeah, mental health issues for sure. So yeah. um, it's kind of sad to see right now we have, you know, people who've lost their jobs, people who haven't been able to get their medications, people who've lost their insurance because they're getting their insurance through their jobs yeah. and uh, yeah. for unemployment you know, or stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it hasn't been the best. Um, I can't quantify it for you, but um, there's definitely uh, more of You've it. You've seen it more of a tick up. More. Yeah. 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 That was a that was a question Vanessa wanted me to ask because uh, she's seeing a lot. They're seeing a lot more here, too. And she, before she was, um, before this, like, uh, postdoc year, she was at, um, like, an inpatient psych hospital through Sutter. Mm-hmm. So she, same thing there. They saw m- way more, like, first-time patients that to the mental health, you know, mm-hmm. um, arena, if you will, um, yeah. you know, for a variety of reasons. But, um, yeah, she, I think she wanted to, uh, she was curious to know if it's, you know, on the other coast, if if that's a similar. Yes, you can tell her that yep, yep. she would probably get hired here on the spot <laughs> out, out here where I was out here where I am. Yeah. I'm she'd get hired here out in the spot, but I, one, I don't think they could pay her enough. She's, she's like probably they couldn't afford to pay her. And then two, it's really bad here. Um, there's, you know, we had a guy on our floor. He was, he was uh, just really, he was really, you know, he had his normal, diabetes, high blood pressure. Uh, that's pretty much like a lot of the bread and butter that we can manage easily. But, you know, he also had behavioral health things. He was spitting at the nurses yeah. and he was doing, trying to cut himself. He would like rip his Foley catheter out. He was trying to cut himself and um, cut himself on his wrist. He was swallowing things, trying to choke. And um, he was just uh, really, he, he was a guy who needed a lot of attention and, um, yeah, we just have a lot of uh, a lot of patients like that. Yeah, so it makes it makes practicing medicine harder. Um, yeah, so. I should get um, um, you and Vanessa to talk about stuff. I think she, Absolutely. I think she would like to pick your brain because I think, I think what um, I think she's trying to find her 
her role a little bit, um, where she's at, like how, how does she play a part? Um, cause where she's at, it's a little bit tricky. It's in Placer County and, um, the mm-hmm. county mental health is very much involved in the process versus in Sacramento or Yolo County, like where Davis is, you know, the Sutter hospital or the whatever hospital, they're kind of running the show. Like they'll do the 5150s, but in Placer County, the, the county employees have to be the ones to do the 5150. So it's a weird, you have like an extra layer in there. Um, so mm-hmm. I think she's just trying to kind of find her role um, in it. And but, it's hard because it's like, who's funding, I guess, whoever calls the shots. Yeah. It depends on who's funding the mental health yeah. uh, resources. And so I, I guess it depends like for our, for us, um, you know, we don't really call the, the medical teams don't really call the shots. It's the, um, you know, depending on whether or not if they need long-term care and what we can provide, then it's the county who's going to provide those resources versus if people do have insurance. Right. Then it's going to be up to what, how much, what, how good of insurance they have and what that insurance will cover. Mm. So it just depends. It sucks on how the healthcare system set up. And I can't really tell you, explain that as well, because I don't really focus on that either. I just, yeah. well, we just diagnose, manage. But I think it's, I mean, hearing that, um, I think that's interesting because um, you sort of kind of brought that up a couple times here about how good insurance is or what the coverage is, is who's doing this. Is that something like that you have to, I mean, you just said you don't really worry too much about it, but like, is that a thing that it's in the back of your head often? Um, are you trying to just assess to. or like what's, like is that something that's talked about a lot at the hospital or, or in your meetings and stuff every day okay so that's a huge every thing day, but it's a huge thing we have this we have social workers case workers case managers who who work on that side with us um and every day we talk about patients because if somebody gets admitted and they have they need they have social needs yeah let's say somebody's getting an admitted and they have a really bad infection um, they're going to need need to be on antibiotics for weeks, let's say months, uh, but they don't have insurance. Um, they're homeless. They don't have family or friends that can support them. Um, where do they go? Mm-hmm. How are they going to get the resources they need? Um, let's say they're stable, so they don't really have a medical need to be in the hospital anymore because, well, we can put an IV in them and they can get sent somewhere, but they need to be able to administer a medicine to themselves, but let's say they don't have the best health literacy. Um, well, they need to have a visiting nurse. They need to have the supplies. Who's going to pay for those supplies? They don't have insurance. Well, how do we get them emergency med- um, uh, insurance so that they can get the resources they need? Um, where do they go? Where is it going to be safe? Are they going to be able to go to a shelter um, and safely inject medicine? And let's hope it's not like heroin or something else. So we have to deal with like a lots of kind of it Lots kind of, of administrative uh, stuff along the way uh, to, so, to yeah, some degree call, yeah it's to some degree we do have to understand um that and plan for their discharge yeah. because we have to make sure you know if they have insurance it's pretty easy when they don't have insurance when patients don't have insurance we have to make sure we get them um we have to figure out the cheapest way to get them everything they need and then um, send them safely. And that's what's hard. That's what um, is hard in Brooklyn a lot of times. Yeah. There's a lot of patients who are poor, who are undocumented. Right. Don't make a lot of money. Yeah. Don't have a lot of great uh, healthcare education or literacy. And um, getting them, we have to, the challenge is trying to get them, like the challenge is one, doing the medicine part. And then the other part of medicine, I would say it's still part of the medicine. Some aspect that we, we also get trained on is like getting them the things that, that they need on I'm on the outside of the sure. hospital. So, um, you know, getting, a, uh, getting them like simple things like a wheelchair or, uh, yeah, like, you know, a wheelchair, Hey, that costs money. If they had insurance, the insurance would cover it. You know, if it does, if they don't have insurance, then Hey, that it has to get paid out of pocket or how can we get something like that donated or, yeah. um, stuff it's like tricky. that. So yeah, it is, it's something really hard here, you know, in other hospitals, if you're up in, you know, Kaiser in, in the Bay Area where patients have insurance, like, you know, you're going to get chocolate on your pillow every night. Yeah. And 
two nurses and you're going to be able to get a nice name brand um, powered wheelchair and stuff like that. So it's like different. You don't, you maybe don't have to worry about those things like that. But here where I'm training, I do with most of the patients I have to worry or plan for those. Yeah. Things, so, yeah. Um, so what I, I had that so, as a question about um, a kind of the most challenging part of your job is, I mean, obviously there's more than, there's probably a handful of things. Um, but is um, that, I mean, you, that's probably part of it, but what, what would you say is, um, if there's one or two things that. I, yeah, I would say the most, I would say the thing that bothers me now, right now, currently, because I'm on my yeah. way out and I see how, I see how we're, um, we, we work long hours and we're, we pretty much get paid like. You know, I'm like delivering Domino's pizza yeah, right now, yeah, you know, yeah. without, yep. without any tips yeah. and I don't get any paid. I don't get paid over overtime right now. I don't get paid um, for working holidays. I don't, um, there, I, you know, the nurse nurses who work a night shift get paid more for being on the night. I, if I work a night shift, I don't get paid more or less. It's the same. And that um, that's due so to the residency I, thing, right? That's yeah, just residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what bothers me. That's what the yeah. hardest thing right now is realizing, yeah. man, like, I'm you're, not, you're, it's just not getting treated you're working, fairly. You're working for free a lot. And that same, same thing for Vanessa, you know, to, to some degree. Um, yeah. We work long yeah. hours. Um, I think we have to deal with a lot no matter yeah. what. So I take my good days really, I really appreciate my good days where I'm not um, stretched thin. And I appreciate those days and then my long days. Um, I think it's just the hours, like, you know, sometimes yeah. I'm like, man, that day was really long. Yeah. Um, actually when I missed you right now, cause I went in at seven and I got off at one o'clock. So I was, I could have gotten off at noon, but, um, a patient needed to make, I needed to make sure a patient was going to be fine before I left. And I came home and I, um, ate an egg sandwich and I just took a nap, up. but I didn't, I knew, yeah, I never wake up. I never take an uh, hour long or like a longer than an hour nap. And I ended up sleeping longer than I thought. <laughs> um, so anyways, I was just, I had a long oh, day cool. and the hours. Are yeah. Long. So I think that the one thing I would say the hardest is just the hours are long. And honestly, you know, I would be, you know, ask your doctor, if you go into the doc in the hospital, ask your doctor how long they've been working. Cause man, you shouldn't be talking to a doctor who's been working for like 24 hours. Cause sometimes we do work 24 hours and we, you know, maybe making clear decisions, right. but you shouldn't be working 24 no. hours. No, <laughs> it's not right. Alyssa's like, that's not right. She's like, did you sleep at all? No. I was like, you know, I'm over here listening to, I'm chewing bubble gum. I'm listening to rap music, Taylor Swift in the middle of the night, doing whatever I can to stay awake, drinking coffee in the yeah. middle of the night. It's just not a normal thing no. to be uh, staying up. And then, yeah. Long. I mean, then, you know, having to make, life or death type decisions or having to be mm -hmm. on, you know, the patients expect you to be, you know, on, All the time on. on. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's kind of rough. Yeah. Don't go into the hospital unless you're really unless you sick. Have to go. <laughs> yeah. Unless you really have to go. Was, or yeah, you but try to feel that you can be like, who, who I want to speak to the doctor. Who's who, what are they, who just got here? Like the most recent, but you don't also don't want to yeah. be that person either. <laughs> you're going to wait. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, um, it's the hardest thing. I think it, it's just the hours, the hours yeah. I would say. Um, yeah. Um, so oh, wow. Um, what was talking about challenges? Um, what was your life back? What was your life like back in like March and April? Or do you not want to think about uh, that <laughs> during those days? Um, is back in, in March. So, um, in March, it, it was, you know what, the thing that made it challenging was I was supposed to be on vacation, but I, my, our vacation and our work hour cap of what we could work a week was, um, was rescinded. So they took it away. Right. We didn't have a work hour cap and we didn't, we didn't have, we weren't allowed to have vacations or, or, you know, Take so we were asked, yeah. so I so yeah, my vacation was in the beginning of April and it got taken away. I had to work. What was that? What was something else? My, 
I think that was a hard part. And I remember in March, um, the workload, I'll be honest, to me, the workload didn't change. Yeah. We were still working long hours. Um, in fact, they took our work hours and um, they started to chop them up more evenly. So we were still probably working the same amount of hours, but we were cut into shorter shifts. Okay. Be- and the reason the reason they were able to do that is because, like, for example, we got PD- people from pediatrics, people from um, ophthalmology, yeah. other services like radiology. They We realized that, well, the hospital had to realize that the focus was on internal medicine adults. And the flux of, of a lot of these patients coming in were adults. So they pulled all these extra services to work and manage the floors with us. Yep. And by doing that, by doing that, they were able to cut our shifts um, and they were able to chop them up instead of us doing like 12 hours a day, maybe we were going to do uh, eight hours and then another shift was going to come on eight hours. And then we'd do eight hour blocks, eight, 16, 24, instead of 12, 24, 36, like that. So it made it better um, in that sense. It's still planned out where instead of me working, like, you know, we were working I don't know. There were, there were times we only get one day off a week, um, but we'd still have to be on call or if we're had time off, we were, we got called in. So um, the challenging part um, during that time was, I would say just being flexible. We just had to be flexible. Our schedules were, our, our normal schedules were just thrown out the window and um, we had the, we had policies on how the flow of our hospital works and how, and our responsibilities at work and communication was key, but those things were changing yeah. all the time. The flow, the flow, the new policies on the floor for patients with COVID, the new um, responsibilities that were required. Um, you know, things were, some things were taken away some, and lots of things yeah. were added. So um, it was just being one, being flexible and two, um, working with other people from different services and knowing their limitations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we had some people like, derm- it was like dermatology was working with us, like lots of different services who aren't, who aren't trained yeah. to take care of adults. So with, um, you know, uh, pneumonia. Sure. So what do you have? So having, making sure that they, um, so because it it was was, it was basically right anybody that you know in theory these some of these people went to medical school but they it's maybe been a long time since they were trained on some of this stuff right they're off in their specialty even like psychiatrists probably who you know yeah pretty far from doing pneumonia stuff yep we had we had mental health people yeah everybody everybody was everybody was like on the front lines helping um, because you know what patients, when they were coming in, we weren't consulting dermatology or ophthalmology sure, true. or rheumatology, all these different ologies. They, people were coming in with viral like symptoms. People were coming in with pneumonia. These were all internal medicine, general internal medicine, um, focused. So we needed more manpower and on those, and we were allowed to take everybody because people got general training in medical school and everybody's passed the same exams up to a point where we all taper off and and diverge into different areas. But everybody should know, you know, have a general sense of what to do for managing um, patients, especially with bread and butter things like pneumonia. So it wasn't something new. It was still a virus. It was like, you know, just hitting us at a different, uh, hitting us at a different pace with, or volume of patients, but I don't, I honestly didn't think to me, it, to me, what burned me out three months ago was that um, I was more disappointed and frustrated that my vacation got taken away. And that was like, man, you just kind of look as a resident, you just look to those days or those, that time. And I was supposed to fly back to California. um, And um, it had been a year since uh, my dad had passed away. So I wanted to go home. I wanted to be with my sisters. I wanted to be yeah, home yeah. with, with my mom and visit everybody and kind of, um, still be able to be there, you know, and grieve with my family. Yes. Um, so it was like, 
you know, th- that time just that I, I just needed to get a break. And when I wasn't going to get a break, I ended up like ha- I had to turn um, I had to turn like the back burners on and I had to work nights. Yeah. And I was like, man, I should be on vacation. Right yeah, now, but I'm you not. can't. It's hard to. Yeah, it's hard to, especially if you're that close to it. And you're you're not gonna just gonna do like a staycation. You're actually going home or Cal, you know, going back home to yeah. California and seeing family. It's like you were so close to it, and uh, yeah, yeah, I was supposed uh, to go home. I think it was April sixth through the April sixth, I believe, or through the twenty first. Oh wow! So you, that was a good um, vacation. That wasn't a week long thing. That was a real vacation. Yeah, it was two weeks oh, wow. long. Yeah, it was a two week long vacation, paid time yeah. off, and yeah, I mean, I made the best yeah. of it. It was an experience like none other. I was like, uh, is this stuff going on in the news? It was crazy. Dude, it was. It was crazy. It was fun. Alyssa got to, she worked in Manhattan and uh, her boss was like, and uh, I think it was in probably, you know, probably just maybe, maybe two weeks into March. They were like, stay home. She stayed home. She was able to work from home. She has been working from home. And, um, I'm glad because she was safe and I had to make sure we live, we live with another one of my friends who I went to medical school with. We are in the same residency program and um, we had to make sure when we were coming home, like we kind of decontaminated, yeah. making sure we weren't bringing anything as we always do. But this time we were extra careful. Yep. Like, you know, even if I walk my, even if I walk my dog around the street, I'm washing my hands every time I come inside. Um, I don't, I already before did not like wearing, I don't like wearing my shoes in yep. the, in yep. the yep. apartment. So, so anyways, it was just a crazy time. Well, shout out time. to, uh, Alyssa. I'm sure she really like, uh, you know, helped, helped you probably mentally through those days too. Um, very much so. so. I appreciate yeah. her. And she knows shout that she knows I was burned out and she shout, helped me. Shout out to her. Yeah. Um, let me see. Um, well, now that you're towards the end of your residency, um, was it what you expected different or what, what's your vibe on that? Your overall experience, obviously COVID came in and that wasn't like a planned thing. Mm-hmm. You, you went into it, but your overall experience with it, what, what do you think, uh, there? Um, I, a residency, I was, yesterday I spoke with my, one of my co-residents he reminds me of Kramer from Seinfeld. Oh <laughs> he's crazy like that. He's a little crazy. And, um, you know, he's super, he's super awesome. And uh, he, he told me, he was like, you know, I didn't expect it to come from. He's like, you know, Joey, I'm going to miss residency. I was like, I'm already starting to miss it. It was torture at the beginning. And it wasn't what I wanted in the beginning. And it was some things you just kind of keep your head down and you learn by experience. Yeah. And now I'm looking towards the end and, you know, we're made up of a, of a hierarchy of a team. And it's crazy because I remember being in third year medical student looking up to the senior and I have third year medical students looking up to me, asking me questions who are lost. Yep. And I have a fourth year medical student and then I have an intern who's looking up to me and I have other people who kind of like, so you, you go through this like training and you realize now that I'm at the end, I'm actually more confident. And I know what I'm doing and I trust myself. I feel more confident and it's a unique experience. It's really crazy. I'm like, I don't like to ever put myself out there and like say that. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back. I never like to boast. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm like, dude, I've really grinded and I'm proud of myself. I was like, I gotta, I'm like, you know, pat myself on, on my own back and say, you do, you, you're doing good, Joe. Yeah, so I'm really proud of Heck that, yeah, at dude. least. Because I did go through it. I mean, man, it was tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know? It's tough. I mean, you, yeah, so, a lot of respect. Um, did you watch, thanks, did you man. watch that um, Lennox Hill show on Netflix? Did you watch that? Lennox, Lennox Hill? Hill? Oh, no, oh, I didn't. It's a hospital, it's, my uh, older sister. Yeah. She told me yeah. about it. It's in uh, Manhattan. Yeah, I right? believe so. I don't know specifically. My uh, my New York's uh, directions or or locations are are really bad. So, I think it's a Manhattan thing. Yeah, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, you know, kind of being from the outside, you might find it fascinating. Just you know, being in that system, 
Um, but they kind of followed different um, doctors. There was there was like an ER doctor. Um, there was like a um, OBGYN type uh, doctor. And then there was some, um, I, I can't remember, um, uh, kind of brain surgery doctor. <laughs> That's the, the term. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had like these, they had like, you know, these three different teams, if you will, and kind of followed, follow them around the hospital. I think they did a really good job. Um, I, with kind of, um, Lisa, my older sister had told me a little bit about it. She told me to watch it. I think it's the hospital somewhere up in, um, on the upper West side, I believe on, of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm not exactly sure, but I'll have to watch it. I hope it's still on I'm that sure place. it is. I think I think it still is. Um, I thought they did a good job. It, it was fascinating. You know, I think they uh, showed, um, you know, just, just different perspectives. They showed kind of their their side, um, you know, the doctor's side mm-hmm. of the, str- the stress and the struggle. And they did show the hours and, you know, all the hard work and difficult patients and all that stuff. So I think you get a good um, a good feel for kind of what it's like to be there um so i recommend it for sure uh i'll have to watch it over yeah vacation. they're on vacation now um yeah. couple couple more questions um what about misconceptions do do you know or hear about things about being a doctor or about being a uh, er doctor in particular are there any misconceptions that that you've heard or hear or think about i think for doctors in general um i think some bigger misconceptions are um i think a big misconception is is i think i think right now uh there's two two there's two sides i think doctors the people come to doctors for a lot of information or of course when they want to know something about their own health um, and we don't have to, we don't force anything ever on someone. Yeah. Um, it's, we don't play, it's not a paternalistic, um, build where you're obligated to do something, but, you know, I think what's challenging is sometimes patients come to us and they may want something and and with the information we deliver them, isn't what they want to hear. And, um, I think let's just say, you know, some people just don't believe in medicine, but they still want to come to doctors and what we offer them is, is uh, not what they want or not what they want. to. Yeah. I think that's, that is, that's, that is disappointing sometimes when you can't help people when they don't want help, but they're coming to you still for help. So trying to figure out a a middle. Yeah. Um, Also, you know, like, the whole vaccine thing, I think the, the misconception on that, if I could speak to that, is um, Please just trying do. to inform people of like, <laughs> yeah, just trying to just trying to inform, keep people informed, yeah, about the risks and benefits, right. um, and trying to, I, you know, I think understanding where patients come from when they're scared about vaccines in general. I'm scared of vaccines or shots in general. I think it's normal. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with understanding our history too, and how how our you know first world country and what makes our country great is that we've been able to develop things like this that make us different from countries um, all around the mm-hmm. world. Um, and I think that that is a misconception, you know, vaccines and. Uh, doctors are just out to make yeah, money. Yeah, you're getting kickbacks um, or something like that. If you, yeah. yeah, yeah, incentives. And I think with every job, there's like incentives. Hey, the car dealership man, yeah. there's incentives. Yeah. You know, we get incentives for doing good things though. Like you know, hey, if patients aren't dying or if their if their blood pressure is well controlled, and my a general panel of patients I'm taking care of, their blood pressures are controlled, and they're not st- having strokes, then. Yeah, those are incentives. Like, I I could probably get paid more. Yeah. I'm sure if I work for certain hospitals here, I don't right now. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's incentives and bonuses for those things involved. It's not they're not bad things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're. Um, it's not like I'm trying to sell an extra five thousand dollars on top of a car. 
you know, for to to get. It's like, um, it's not those kind of bonuses and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, I'm not tricking anybody. I'm not tricking anybody. The, the system's not built that way for me to trick anyone. But um, uh, what, what, what are some other common misconceptions? I think the bigger thing right now is the trust in science with like pit- yeah, political things. Yeah, you, people's lack yeah. of trust. And that's okay. I think that's okay. I think it's just something that I don't get offended by because I take care of sick patients. If you're sick, I want to take care of you. If you want help, we're going to, doctors are going to be there to help people. I'll be there. Right. Um, I think it's just, everything's so trendy. There's a trend right now to people think that they know. Um, And, you know, people can Google things now. They think they know so much and they probably know or read something. And there may have been some partial truth to it, but in general, I don't pay too much attention to this new it's wave true. of people not believing in science or or medical or believing in doctors, and it's just like, nah, I don't no. waste a lot of time for it. I don't get paid. I don't get and paid. You can't. I don't get paid to argue yeah, with people. Yeah, and you can't because you no. can't win. You know, you just can't. You can't win, and so like, why no. put any effort? Um, I don't get into quarrels with no. people. If people really need my help, then. I'll give you the information that I know yeah. that I was taught that I, that I was learned that I learned myself and what I was trained on. And if you want help, then let's do it. Let's do it fast. Let's get yeah. you better. But I don't get into quarrels with people about, um, it, this is no. not my thing. I've never no. been like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. And either should Vanessa, you tell her that, that to, to know when to, to know when, uh, or uh, to, to, uh, pick her battles yeah with people because it's gonna be like it's i'm sure it's really tough with people so. yeah yeah she, she, she's learned a lot from that just in general too um, um i think working misconceptions yeah. are hard there's so many different yeah. misconceptions well i think too what what about what about this of uh, that you know sometimes you don't know right you don't always know why something's happening right oh yeah and people get frustrated that you don't know and yeah. um that's that's actually yeah yeah all the i'm time. sure it is and all the time i've yeah. had that's something that's something um that residency has taught me um from the beginning of from the beginning i started is you know now i'm comfortable saying that yeah. i don't know yeah. the patients you know hey i don't know what's going on we don't mm-hmm. know what's going on let's do let's figure out what's going on and i think in somewhere in that long in that part uh patients maybe become frustrated that doctors don't know. But if we don't know, we could always refer to somebody who could maybe, you know, start from the beginning and figure out what's going on with yeah. somebody or what get to the bottom of it. Because sometimes doctors don't know, but we'll, we could rule out the things that are maybe catastrophic and emergent and say, you know, hey, we know that your heart's not, I don't know where your chest pain is coming from. We know you're not having a heart attack. We know you don't have an ammonia uh-huh. or like a collapse, a pneumothorax yeah. or, um, you know, but, you know, hey, let's maybe uh, send you to a psychiatrist who, because we may think it's anxiety, sure. you know, it could be chest pain that's causing, or your anxiety that's causing the chest pain, but when people get really upset, no, I think it's my heart, or they're really, like, set on that they have cancer, or um, it's hard to satisfy yeah. everyone, but saying I don't know, I've gotten used to saying I don't know, because sometimes yep. you don't know, Um but yeah, that's like, yeah. that's a big one is like, I, I don't mind saying that. I'm totally because you want to be honest, you know. too. You don't you don't <laughs> want them to, to you know, to lead them down the path. Yeah, you want to build you, trust. You have an idea when maybe you really don't. That's almost worse. Um, yeah, you want to build trust. Yeah, for sure. Um, I th- how about we uh, I, that's mainly all the <laughs> all the doctor hospital questions I have. Um I figured it was mm-hmm. going to be heavy on that topic. Um, but how about um, as we kind of close out, um, how about we point out maybe a few of your favorite things to do in New York or Brooklyn or what have you discovered there being there? I love that. Um, well, first, when I got here, Brooklyn is very diverse. There's, man, it, they have all the different boroughs. Yeah. Um, so depending on, and here in even Brooklyn, there's there's communities within Brooklyn. There's a large Hasidic Jewish community. Mm-hmm. There's like um, Asian Creole, Puerto Rican, Dominican, uh, uh, Russian. So depending on what you want to do, 
And then there's the hipsters areas that are being like, you know, G- what is the word G- I'm looking gentrified. for? Gentrified. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, yeah, you know, those places, those places are fun to hang out too because they have, you know, a lot of them have like new yeah. trendy restaurants, yeah, it's kind of neat stuff yeah. like that. So, I would say right now our favorite thing since we've got here is this. There's this Mexican restaurant. It's not. Um, we don't have a lot of. We don't. We have very very good Mexican restaurants here in New York. They are not as there are not as many as there are in California but there's this one there's this one very nice restaurant and if you and Vanessa ever come and if you guys come soon which I doubt yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, pandemic, yeah but there's a place so we only you only have nine months to get out here for us to go <laughs> where there's a place out here called Chela C-H-E-L-A it's in Park Slope it is this like upscale Mexican restaurant, not too upscale. They just make really good Mexican food. It is me and Alyssa love going to that restaurant. They also, the owners also own this, an, um, a neighboring restaurant. They're right next door to each other. It's called Bar Crudo or Bar Crudo. It's so good. They make delicious food and that's where we like to go. That's where we like to hang out. They make good drinks. They make like sangria, red sangria, white sangria, uh, tequila like mezcal good mexican beer tacos their meat their everything we we, we me and Alyssa go have we're frequent frequent flyers we're, yeah we're frequent <laughs> yes they like when we go the last time one time the last one of the last times we went just recently like they give us because they know us they just like give us dessert for on the house or extra drinks if we're waiting in line yeah, for too yeah. long um and they gave us a special escargot one time. I, I had never eaten it. And he's like, you didn't order the special tonight. And I was like, well, I, you know, this is like some, we were, we had ordered something that we always get. And he's like, I want you to try it. And so he brought us out um, escargot and I've never eaten a snail before <laughs> in my life, but it was really good. That's cool. It was really good. And it was, um, it was free. Heck so yeah. I didn't mind. Yeah. And, um, but me and Alyssa like going there. That's our favorite. They, our favorite thing to do. I wish I could go into Manhattan. I know it's but, tricky right um, now yeah. because of yeah, with COVID, it's like I don't feel really safe getting on the subways. Right. You know, there's just um. But I, I, I would say just going out to, when I get free time. Me and Alyssa just going out and grabbing something yeah. and hanging out. That's our favorite just thing to do. Is also, just try yeah. new places. She explores a lot more than I do because she can like research them on her phone, and I'm down to go as long as it's going to be like there's good reviews, and I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's probably too that. many. Well, there. Right, and there's probably so many too too many good places there to go to a bad place, you know. Yeah. Honestly, every single options. time there's too many to go to. Too many options. Um, yeah. Game, like. 30 pounds maybe uh, i think like <laughs> 15 in the beginning and then when COVID hit i was for sure we were just like eating yeah. in all the time yeah yeah totally anyways where are you guys living right uh-huh. now kevin we're in sacramento okay. and we like uh, sacramento we sacramento or lincoln roseville sacramento sacramento yeah okay um and we've been here since 2007 nice um so yeah we um, after Merced College, um, moved up here, went to Sac State, and then we just kind of stayed. Um, you know, that was really at the downturn of the economy. So, um, you know, jobs were hard, and we knew we weren't going to go back to Merced, at least during that part, because there was right. no work there, definitely. So, I'm still um, just kind of stayed open up here. To moving back to Say Sacramento. I'm still staying open to moving back to Sacramento. So, it'd be oh. nice to see you if I do move back. Heck there. yeah. Heck yeah. I know it's it's cool. It's uh, we like it a lot. You know, it's like you know a big a big city. It's not it's not super big. You mm-hmm. know, you're not L.A. or San Francisco or or Brooklyn, but it's big enough that there's plenty of things to do. And you know, you're still home. You're close to Merced if you need to go back for family, and whatnot. So it's yeah. a good kind of uh, balance. Yeah, I miss Sacramento. When we lived there for when I was in medical school, me and Alyssa were out there. Um, uh, she loves it and I love it too. There's still a lot of um, yeah. things I miss. Uh, That's right. I forgot that I, well, I ran into you at that, um, the bar one time. Um, what bar was I can't it? I the name of it. Uh, it's, 
It's like around the corner. I can't remember the Describe name. Describe it. For uh, it, <laughs> it has. It's like a two-sided. It's on the corner. It's like on uh 16th Street, maybe or 15th Street. Um, a lot of TVs in there. Um, yep, I know which one you're talking about. Um, we. I was there with a coworker watching the uh, playoff baseball game, and then like I ran into you there. It was crazy. Yep. I remember. Yep, um, yep, I can't yep. remember that. Firestone, or I think. Yes. Something that's like it? that. Something Firestone. Like that. yeah. That's a I'm nice restaurant. I wouldn't even call it a yeah, bar. That's a restaurant. Yeah, that's like a <laughs> restaurant bar. Yeah, yeah. That's it's so nice. I like that place. Yeah. Oh, it is. A, yeah. It has a big bar in the middle. You're right. It's yeah, a bar. yeah. <laughs> it's a bar restaurant. Yeah. yeah, that place is fun. I miss that. See, those are places I miss in Sacramento. Um, but also just that there's it's it's green here there's nothing it's new york in general yeah that's it's, true new york is 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 uh it's gross and it's busy there are parts of new york obviously that are really nice but yeah also those are the parts that are really expensive too so true, i can't afford true. to live in those i live in just i live in the center of brooklyn in king's county um and so you can see on the map if you ever get a chance. So we're like right in, right in the center. And um, oh, cool. Yeah, the trendier parts are like expensive. You have to be like a, a millionaire to live in these areas. Yeah. Like, it's like a million dollars a month to live in these apartments. I'm like, I don't wow. know. They're so expensive. Even Insane. the places like in some other parts of residential, it's like, man, how did these people get the inherit these houses? Yeah, yeah it's so yeah. expensive. Um, I actually, I'm really sad because I've never met anyone famous on the streets and I complain to Alyssa all the time that, so the inside joke I think I see is like, I, I, I tell her, I'm like, Hey, it looks like that, this actress or actor, like that musician. And it's not them that they look like them and it's a a bad version of them. But I, Alyssa always sees famous people and I don't know how she always sees famous people. Yeah. But my day will come. I'm going to run into somebody. Yeah. You still got time. Yeah. But, um, cool. Yeah. So. Anyways. Well, thanks, dude. Yeah, I tell Vanessa uh, taking the time. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll try to link you guys up to just do a chat or something like that about uh, ER stuff. Yeah, um, tell Vanessa I said hi and uh, yeah, congratulations to again Alyssa. to both of you guys. Um, and then uh, it was nice catching up with you. Kevin. Heck yeah, dude! I appreciate this is it, great. It's, uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Heck yeah, dude. Have a good uh, a good rest of the night and a good vacation. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, dude. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you See soon, you, man. man. Bye. All right, bye. No sleep till...